0: Hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags.
1: Welcome to The Baton, a John Williams musical journey. Join host Jeff Cummings as he takes you through the career of the illustrious film composer John Williams, starting with his debut in 1959 through more than 100 films in 60 years. This episode features the 1963 film, Gidget Goes to Rome. Now, here's your host, Jeff Cummings. Thanks again for joining me on this journey through the career of John Williams. And we're leaving on a jet plane to Rome for this next film, which continues the story of surfer girl Gidget and her misadventures through her teenage years. In this third film in the series, Gidget has graduated from high school and wants to go to Rome with her two girlfriends before becoming a college student. Gidget started out as a character in a novel, then a 1959 movie starring Sandra Dee. Two more movies followed. Deborah Wally was Gidget in the 1961 movie Gidget Goes Hawaiian, then Cindy Carroll took over in Gidget Goes to Rome. The only continuity through the three films was James Darren, who played Jeff Moondoggy Matthews, Gidget's boyfriend. Gidget Goes to Rome marks the third film John Williams has scored featuring James Darren. It started with Darren making a cameo and because they're young, singing the theme song at a school dance.
0: Because they're young, because they're young, the stars are twice as bright above. The dreams are new, but they'll come true, because they're young and in love,
1: just like me and you. Then he had a prominent role in Diamond Head, which was released the same year as Gidget Goes to Rome. Darren is a great singer, and he had a great career as a crooner, but his acting was nowhere near great. And thankfully... Gidget Goes to Rome is the last time we'll talk about James Darren on this podcast. There's just one reason that explains why John Williams was attached to this film. Jerry Bressler. Not only did Bressler produce Gidget Goes to Rome, but he was also producer on Because They're Young and Diamond Head, two films also scored by John Williams. And of course, James Darren is also the common thread through that as well. Naturally, Bressler liked working with John Williams and kept him on the payroll for three films. I suppose Bressler was a top-notch producer for Williams to say yes to Gidget because I can't imagine any other reason why he felt compelled to tackle this project. For starters, Williams had to contend with an original song for the film called Gigetta, written by George David Weiss and Al Kasha. The song opens the film as we see Gidget hanging out on the beach. Gidget,
0: Gidget, when you go to Rome, you'll never be the same, and neither will your name. They'll call you Gidgetta, Gidgetta, the conqueror of Rome, we bow to you. Gidgetta, Gidgetta, call Italy your own, we beg of you. It's been said when in Rome do as the Romans do. But instead the Latin daughters wanna be as unforgettable and bellissima and jejetable as you know who. Gegetta, gegetta, make it your own. And before we're through, as sure as I'm looking at you, I'll bet you they'll name a statue after you.
1: It's crazy that the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences didn't nominate Gegetta for Best Original Song of 1963, isn't it? In all seriousness, it's not a bad song, but it's just not one of those great ones. John Williams' task for Gidget Goes to Rome was to incorporate as much of the music of this song into his underscore, and it's a part of just about every musical cue in the film. It's a nice enough theme and a little more tolerable than the music from Diamond Head. Now, this was not the only time John Williams would work with Al Kasha on the same film. Kasha would later team with Joel Hershorn to write songs for The Poseidon Adventure and The Towering Inferno in the 1970s, winning Oscars for both films. Williams wrote the scores for The Poseidon Adventure and The Towering Inferno, and we'll discuss those scores later in this podcast. Alright, so here's a quick rundown of the film's story with spoilers ahead. Gidget and her two girlfriends, as I said, are playing a trip to Rome in the summer before going to college. They get their three college boyfriends to join them and discover they will be led around Rome with a guide. Though the girls are certain the guide will be a devilishly handsome man, it turns out to be a beautiful woman. Moondoggy falls head over heels for the tour guide, which makes Gidget jealous. Gidget finds herself falling in love with an older Italian man, Italian man named Paolo. Paolo is a friend of Gidget's father from World War II, and Paolo is tasked with keeping an eye on Gidget. Paolo makes up an identity as a journalist writing an article on American girls experiencing Rome for the first time, and follows Gidget around. So, there's mistaken identity, and misplaced feelings of love all throughout the film. Nothing too slapstick or zany like we saw in Bachelor Flat, and nothing too interesting either. By the third act, you're just waiting for Gidget and Moondoggy to see the error of their ways and reunite, as they did in previous films. They do, but not before Gidget finds herself getting in trouble with the law three times and nearly causing international incidents. There really isn't much original music of substance here, since Williams was compelled to blend in the music from Jujetta almost all the time. There are two or three scenes when he gets the opportunity to write some good music, and it all totals up to less than 20 minutes long. The score to Gidget Goes to Rome did not get a commercial album release, which is not surprising, even though there are two original songs. In addition to Gidgetta, there's a song about the Italian moon that's sung in the film by, of course, James Darren. Because Williams doesn't do much work in adapting the music for that song into his score, and because I don't want to play another James Darren song on this podcast, we'll skip that and move on to discussing the score. The first moment of music takes place when the crew arrives in Rome and is taken to their hotel. Naturally, the Giugetta theme comes in, but only at the end on an accordion. Gidget insists that she and Jeff go sightseeing instead of taking a rest in the hotel room. She can't believe she's actually in Rome and asks Jeff to pinch her. Jeff doesn't, but a random man in the hotel lobby hears that and does the deed himself. The music for this scene starts when the man hears pinch me, then we'll get some flutes and chimes when the man actually pinches Gidget on the cheek. (laughs) Everyone laughs about the strange man pitching a teenage girl, and then we move on to some sightseeing in Rome. Did you notice the whistling at the end there of the Giorgetta theme? In the film, it's supposed to be two priests on a bicycle whistling that theme. We've discussed in previous episodes how music written way back in the 1950s influenced the John Williams of many years later, and surprisingly enough, that's true for Gidget Goes to Rome. Those priests who whistled the Jujeta theme inspired Williams to do the same thing in The Witches of Eastwick in 1987 when it sounds like Jack Nicholson is whistling one of the main themes in that film. In the case of the Gidget movie, I'm sure that whistling was done during the recording of the score. It's very, very unlikely that the song Guggetta was written before filming started, but the scene with the priest was filmed, and John Williams saw the opportunity when he was watching the screening and jumped on it. That's exactly what happened in The Witches of Eastwick, and we'll discuss that moment when we get to that film on this podcast. Getting back to Gidget, the movie has a couple of moments of very brief music, Then John Williams gets to score a fantasy scene in which Gidget imagines herself as Cleopatra during her time in Rome. In the scene, Darren plays a peasant who is attracted to Cleopatra. After Darren lies in the mud and Cleopatra walks over him, the music gets a bit comedic as Cleopatra leaves. Later on, Gidget has met Paolo, the man tasked with keeping an eye on Gidget. They go out to dinner separately from the main group, who visit an outdoor restaurant slash club, and John Williams gets to write a -a gegetta-free piece of music for the band to play. Moondoggy has fallen in love with the tour guide, and after he and Gidget have a heart-to-heart in the hotel lobby, the gang continues to go sightseeing, but Gidget begins to withdraw more from the group. We get another adaptation of the Jujetza song here, and it's starting to get a little annoying that John Williams isn't able to write something that contains a melody all his own. He sort of gets to do that in a scene when Gidget decides to wander through a museum on her own, including in restricted areas. Notice the plucked strings as the two museum guards follow her. All original music here, thankfully. Just pluck strings and flute. Williams has to return to the Gigetta theme shortly when Gidget touches a statue and the guards take her away. Later on, Gidget is invited by Paolo to a fashion show, and after going in the wrong entrance and being mistaken for a model, Gidget ruins the show by falling over herself on the runway. A bunch of people run after Gidget, and she hides under a box in the alley. Coincidentally, Jeff has arrived at the fashion show to confront Paolo for not telling Gidget he's married. Jeff sees Gidget crawling under the box in the alley and helps her escape. Yes, Soon it looks like half of Rome is following them. We'll hear a gong in the music as the two groups chasing Gidget collide on the stairs. And then a celeste when a bunch of balloons are released. It's great to hear the orchestra letting loose here, even if there is a lot of jiu music going on. The hit on the gong and the celeste highlight Williams' ability to score the scene instead of just writing music to fill the time, and this was one of the few scenes in which I didn't mind hearing the jiu theme playing. So we're nearing the end of the film, and Gidget goes to the Trevi Fountain to wish for her and Jeff to get back together. Instead of throwing in a small coin, she throws in a gold coin given to her by her mother, and she jumps into the fountain to retrieve it. Naturally, the guards in the area don't like that.
0: Oh, I wish, I wish it was the same between Moondoggy and me.
1: Of course, in the end, everything works out and the gang heads to the airport while we get one more instrumental rendition of the gegetta theme before the actual song plays over the credits. I will spare you the song, but here's Williams' final adaptation of the song. This was the final Gidget movie, and thankfully so. Sally Field would revive Gidget on TV two years later and create a cult following that outlived the movies. Thankfully, John Williams also outlived the assignment of scoring this Gidget film. In some ways, I'm sure he was happy for the work, but has to be longing for a film that gives him much more freedom, similar to what he had in his first five films. With his next film barely in production while Gidget Goes to Rome was in theaters in August 1963, Williams had some time to relax a bit and prepare for his next project, one that was supposed to be a TV movie of the week. I think its presence on the big screen gave a big boost to John Williams' film career as it contains some of his best writing to date. That will do it for this episode of The Baton. And as always, I invite you to submit your comments either on the show page email me at jeffswim at aol.com or send me a tweet on twitter at jeffswim and who knows I might read your comments on a future show until we meet again on the next episode the baton is down